1: On the green. Rise and shine, sports investors, it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood Friday, August 14th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do-it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and by my side, as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, as we put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, you know, big weekend in sports, okay? This is getting huge. We knew we were going to be double and triple and quadruple booked during the shutdown over the pandemic, and it is coming to pass. We are going to finish the NBA playoff picture. We do, in fact, have that play-in game. We will talk about the NBA a little bit later. We've got a UFC pay-per-view card on the horizon for tomorrow. We will bring in, as usual on Fridays, our guy, Jay, the keg CEO, to help you get all the information you need to make that a profitable event for you and we've got nhl playoffs we've got champions league in europe and we have major league baseball and i want to start there we've been talking about this as we come up now on a third of the season being done kev teams have in fact completed their 20th game out of 60 i know out of this crew i'm the math major i'll just tell you That's a third. So we can start talking about some of these things. We could start talking about some of these standings. But, you know, you have 2020 unique season for a number of ways. And as I um, look at the games that are on the slate today, I look at this. um, I look at Baltimore and Washington, and it's unique for two reasons. One is that uh, they will be resuming. A game right from from a previous day, you know, that was suspended. It's getting picked up, I believe, in the sixth inning or seventh inning with the uh, Orioles winning five to two. But the other thing, I saw something yesterday that I've never seen before in my life. Uh, And it's with these Washington Nationals that play Baltimore. Steven Strasburg got ejected yesterday. And he got ejected. From the stands, he's sitting in the stands like all the rest of the players. Young the goes and points and ejects somebody, and it's Strasbourg. He had to leave like the the cheap seats and go out of you know back into the locker room. He was in the stands and got ejected. Another thing in 2020, we have never seen before.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it shows that these guys can have fun. Like I saw people. Talking yesterday that the Suns, as a team, really should have showed up to that last game between the Nets and the Blazers, yes. which would have as been like great theater. Twat. Yeah, that would have been... Uh, who knows? Maybe that would have been the difference in that game had they had a little bit of uh extra boost yeah. from, from those guys. What a wild game. Excited to talk That's about it. But yeah, crazy. Strasburg, uh, Strasburg gets tossed. He's uh, he's going to be on the mound today. I just want to make this point. Um, What's up? You know, and uh, Fandle, to me, in this spot here has thrown me off a bit. And I just think it's very important to note for anybody that's looking out there to bet. So the suspended game starts at 5.05, 05, right? Yeah. The Orioles already yeah. have the lead and they're gonna finish that game. And right. the start time that they have listed for Nats Orioles, right? Because they're obviously gonna play a full game after they finish that, that other Was game. Listed at 735, up. I see. I see here though at FanDuel listed at 505 for that start. Oh. Time. So you might look at it and see. Nats favored. Oh, am I getting the value? What's the deal? Like Strasburg is one of the starters. He's of course was the starter in that game. Now, you know, we, you want to be cautious there, but that's just a note to mention that five Oh five is the start time of the resumption. That's what it says here.
1: Be careful. No, that's a good point. Um, As we welcome in our radio audience here around the country, right here onto the grid, giving you the edge. That's what we do here bright and early in the morning. Open to help you get all the information you need to make it a profitable day Kevin I, I think that's a very good point. my question for you is what would be potentially the impact for you like I I, I got you what if you know because we see here the Strasbourg Malone that's the second game okay I look Kevin at the total the total is eight and a half in this one is there anything that could happen in the resumption that might impact your thinking? For the, uh, the normally scheduled game, right? Like, so for example, what happens if this resumption goes extra innings, right? What yeah. happens if in this resumption, uh, certain members of the bullpen are used to get a save and then maybe they're not eligible for the quote unquote real game, right? Um, are there, or injuries could happen? What might be, if anything, something you're looking for in the resumption game at 5, 530, whatever it is that's picking up, I believe in the sixth or seventh inning? Are you, what might you see? What are the indicators? What are the factors that you would look for that are anything that would impact your capping or thinking or preview of the regularly scheduled game?
2: Yeah, I think I'd be interested to see if the Nationals come back and win because hmm. then you'd have to think Baltimore will feel hard done by. Now, they control this themselves, obviously, but we know how athletes are, and to be fair, it is. It would be a little bit justified in feeling this way. Like, man, we didn't finish up that game. It could have gone final. They decided to push it back, and now we just lost this game. And now they're not as up for the back end, right? This next full game they're going to play. Meanwhile, the right. Nationals have momentum plus Strasburg, and you might start to feel like the minus one sixty four price that we're seeing for that game is honestly more than
1: fair, and you're going to want to get involved at it. Okay, almost like treating this as one big live action, right? And seeing with momentum going on as, well, you could always catch Kevin on in-game live. Listen, they will have Juan Soto, right? And so with Juan Soto in tow, anything is possible. Although not to be outdone, Anthony Santander on the other side for Baltimore, right now is second in Major League Baseball with 19 ribbies already. Remember that over-under for ribbies to lead the league well santander has 19 already with a third of the season he might be would have been over that number as well we're off and running here on the early line plenty of major league baseball to look at we'll do so when we come back after this Mm Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports grid. Kevin, we started talking about you know the kind of resumption of action with Baltimore uh, going on with Washington in the Beltway. Um, we got a lot of Major League Baseball going on and we have passed the marker now of 20 games. Some teams have played 20 games. That is a third of the season. So when we come back together on Monday, right? We are literally going to be teams with like 22, 23, 21 games. And, you know, we're going to be coming up on it. We're even going to be coming up on like the trading deadline in major league baseball, you know, sooner than you would think. So we also have to start looking at these standings to see who might go for it, who might be a seller and kind of pull the plug on the season, at least from the front office standpoint, one of the teams that's probably going to pull the plug. If they had any assets would be the Kansas city Royals. One of the teams that's definitely going for it in the central are these Minnesota twins who we have talked about the Minnesota twins still with the best offense in all of major league baseball, 98 runs in 19 games played so far. But Kev, if you remember about a week ago, we were all on the twins, right? Being like, they ain't going to lose. Then they had a weekend series in Kansas city and they got swept. Kev. So Mm -hmm. now, They come back. They see the Royals again, you know, top of the central versus bottom of the central. This time though, this weekend, these games will be in target field in Minnesota where the twins are seven and one to start. Do you think Minnesota kind of keeps it going on the good foot in this one? They are big time favorites to do so.
2: I think this is the thing though, that we do have to get adjusted to right in that As much as the Royals are likely sellers, they Mm -hmm. it's not as this was a point that we had made a while back when we knew kind of what the The condensed standings was. They're far from out of anything, right? I mean, they're two and a half back of the two spot, which is currently held by the Detroit Tigers. So they should not be walking into this series with anything other than the utmost confidence. Considering what they did to this team the last time they met, however, I think one of the other things that we've talked a lot about is trying to figure out home field advantage. How much does mm-hmm. it matter? How much does it yeah. not matter? And as the sample sizes grow, we I think will start to get a feel for teams that are, I guess, a little bit more comfortable still in their ballpark. And the Twins are seven and one on the season. Yep. In home. So quick math tells me of her twelve and seven baseball team, right? Five and six on the road. How we doing? Right? Not bad. I think you got uh, that one, right? I think you got that one, I think right? So yeah. I think so. Doing it on the fly and have time to pull out the calculator. But so we're looking at a team, right, that's been dominant at home thus far. And I think yes. though now is eight games enough of a sample size to each his own. But you factor that in with the the disappointment that they saw, I think, when they played this team last. And that would push me in that direction. I will also throw out, though, they're also 7-1 to the under in their Hmm. home games, which is very interesting and probably not what you would expect from this baseball team. So keep both of those in mind when playing this game. But I think this is a spot where we can lean Twins.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you make a good point with that total that stands at nine and a half. I started by talking about how the twins have the most runs scored in all of Major League Baseball, right, so far. So you would naturally think over team, but you put out a good nugget for them. They are at home. It will be Jake Odorizzi on the mound for them. Jake Junis counters on the other side for Kansas City, the Twins minus 174. Royals come back the other way at plus 150. I talked about the standings in the AL Central, Kev. You mentioned that, you know, second spot, remember? And that's so big because every second place team will, in fact, qualify. For the playoffs in this crazy, you know, as our boy George Kurtz would put it, COVID corral championship right now battling for second place in that division. And with a series this weekend are the Cleveland Indians. And as you mentioned, the Detroit Tigers, who right now stand in second place, they will host the Cleveland Indians. This weekend, interesting matchup here. if one of them can sweep the other, they certainly get a leg up in that race for second in the division. Nova and the Tigers are at home, but they are plus 150 dogs to Cleveland today. Yeah, I definitely think you, you we looked at this spot preseason,
2: right, and you would have thought it' been very easy to lean. On Cleveland, Savali used to yeah. take over Nova, minus 175, no problem. But I would like to again just bring up some early season trends that we have. Right now, the Indians are one of the biggest under teams in the league, 15 and four to the under. But more importantly, on the road this year, eight and one to the under. How hmm. much do those things matter? Again, to each his own, okay? Small sample size. But that does stand out to me when I look here at this number that is eight and a half and I see even money to play it under, that will jump out to me. Now, I also look at this team in Cleveland that gave up seven runs in two straight games to the Cubs, and you look at the Tigers that gave up eight and then seven in their final two games against the White Sox. And are these staffs maybe now starting to peel back a bit? I think those are... Interesting questions here, but based on some trends, maybe you might want to roll here in an away series, all games under because of Cleveland's participation
1: in the set, and see if you come out profitable on the other side. Hey, Kev, let me press you on something, because I want to push back on one of the things you said. When you look at, you say like, oh, this team over the last two games, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big saying in baseball, right? Like momentum is the name of tomorrow's starting pitcher. So can you really take a trend like that when it comes to the total high scoring, low scoring? Because so much of it differs from day to day based on the name of tomorrow's starting pitcher. Like, for example, with this, you know, Cleveland and Detroit, you know, if the starter on the Cleveland side happened to be named Bieber, you would think a lot differently now, wouldn't you? Yes, but
2: there's also the reality that you have to you might potentially be getting to the bullpen. Right? Like, okay. of the seven runs that the Cubs put up in oh, the yeah, bullpen. Game, right. Four of them were credited to the bullpen. So, okay. if, if the bullpen is either taxed or they don't currently have the juice, like, no doubt about it, right? If, if Bieber's on the mound or if it's Clev when he's, whatever it might be, sure. there's no, no doubt about it that can change the recipe. But I still think that these, you know, yeah, we're talking about two game sample sizes here, but I just think mm-hmm. they're interesting to note. Right, you would have thought that that series against the Cubs, you know, they would not be giving up seven runs in, in both games. That's not what you expect from Cleveland,
1: yeah. No, that makes good sense. And here in the AL Central, okay, we talked about kind of the, the two series that involves both teams. You make the great point that the Kansas City Royals, even though they are in last place at eight and 11, everybody expects them to be one of the kind of bottom feeders or also runs. They are only four games back of the lead of the Minnesota Twins, right? They are only technically like two or three games back of a playoff spot so as we get into the kind of throws of the season how condensed it is everyone is still only a series away right from dramatically changing their fortunes and kev i bring this up because the last team in this division right uh with these other the other four teams playing each other this weekend the last team in this division is the chicago white Sox, and kev the chicago white Sox stand at 10 and 9 right Right in the mix, one game above five hundred. They are a team we've talked about a lot with their young kids, right? The Johan Moncada, Eloy Jimenezes of the world, um, but they were slated, Kev, to play the uh, to play the Cardinals this weekend, right? Now mm-hmm. that ain't gonna happen. That got pushed back. You know, the Cardinals like canceled their team flight. Craig Mish was reporting yesterday on FST that like. They did not get on their team flight. They maybe even had another coach that's positive. Okay. (laughs) Talk to me from the White Sox standpoint though, right? Like you're in the middle of a race. You are tied, you know, with like Cleveland and Detroit, and now you have to be on pause for a weekend. You don't know if those games are going to get made up. And then regardless of what happens when you go to another city, you're going to still be staring up at the Minnesota twins regardless, right? What do you think this means for the White Sox in terms of momentum? It's a tough break for these teams that happen to have the Cardinals on their schedule now. I will say this, though.
2: And we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Maybe it could be a breather, though. Just the chance to sit back and, you know, because this can be a and very momentum. on the back end, you know. No doubt. No doubt. All we don't know if they ever will. I don't know when I'll ever see the Cardinals again. Okay. I know, buddy, it's a massive Cardinals fan, right? And he's like, I don't yeah. even think about them anymore.
1: So I, all I'm saying is maybe it's a, a bit of a breather. We don't know. Yeah, I guess that's fair, right? But the ripple effects will be plentiful, and we don't know. You're right. We'll talk about more Major League Baseball games when we come back after the Sports Grid News update Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. My main man, Kevin Walsh. I'm Dane Martinez, merely a spitting statistician, where we put the the fun in functional sports content. Kev, We were talking about kind of, I I think you're right. Like, we don't know how teams will react, right? Philly looked decent when they came back after their pause. Pittsburgh did not when they came back, you know, um, after their pause. However, I mean, I worry, though, Kev, about, the idea of having to go to winning percentage, you know, like maybe these uh, White Sox will not make up these games. That's the other part of it. Right. And maybe there's going to be these double headers and that sort of thing when we come back. Like it's one thing for the Cardinals. Right. But for me, the ripple effect Uh, of all the other teams, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't have the bad personal responsibility, go to a casino, whatever the case may be. Right. And now they have to deal with the ripple effect struggle. And they're in the middle, uh, middle of their own playoff chase. That's what I think is really kind of the issue. You're right. We don't know how they will respond. I don't know, though, mathematically. If they're ever gonna be if they're gonna be able to get it in. And if they scram in like double headers at the back end of the season and one team is a contender and one team's not, and one team has to worry about, you know, managing their pitching rotation and, and that kind of stuff, it will cause a ripple effect that I think can come and bite somebody in the hind parts come, you know, about five weeks from now. So so let's ask the question, maybe
2: you know, I would have never thought I would even have had to ask this, right? We look at the What's MLS's that? back tournament. We still have two teams. Now, that's different. It's a tournament. It's not the regular season. It is a right? tournament. A, a Champions League right, spot was kind of, or kind of half a Champions League spot was up for grabs, right? But not, not the whole enchilada. I yeah. get that. Okay? And that changes the ability to make that decision. But at what point do we send the Cardinals home and just say, this is not feasible? And let's start slapping on doubleheaders when th- these teams in the Central meet up to try and make up for lost ground?
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't know what point. I don't think we are at that point yet, though, Kev, because I believe, and again, a lot of this is up in the air. A lot of this is, you know, we're we're, we're, we're building the plane as we are flying it here, right? But I think that would create so much ripple effects, scheduling and schedule imbalancing, competitive imbalance. And to your point, For a tournament is one thing. In MLS, you said a TBT tournament. In an individual sport, it's one thing. One golfer get popped out, one MMA fighter on a card. But to take a team, a la the Cardinals, out of the entire regular season... I that would then be the nightmare scenario that Bobby Manfred doesn't want to accept or acknowledge or realize, right? I just think there would be so many unanswered questions, so many legitimate gripes other teams would have that at that point, you'd have to be like, yep, to hell with it. You know, let's just call this a big old asterisk, you know, and you're right. At what point do they cross that threshold? There has to be a point. Because of things like this, right? Like, the Chicago White Sox shouldn't have to be standing there on pause because they happen to draw the Cardinals this weekend, right? At some point, you have to do right by the other 29 teams. I do think that's true. I don't think we're at that line
2: just yet, Kev. I think, now as far as the nightmare scenario, I don't think it would be pulling the Cardinals out because I think you would say, yeah, we've got the rest of the league still here. I, I That's yeah. genuinely how I view this. And I think the question that I'm asking, I think the point of it could have potentially already passed because the scheduling issues here are not going to be solved by the Cardinals coming back. Yeah, it's, it's still so going to be a total mess. But every single day you wait to try and figure it out with the teams you have remaining is only, only going to get worse. And you just look, we've got teams that have played 20 games. They've played five games, Dane. Five Five yeah. baseball games. Like, that's yeah. a set plus two or a set plus one dependent on the weekend. Like, <laughs> that's just yeah.
1: crazy no. to really put no. into perspective. And you it's are not going to get any better. No, it's not going to get better. You're right. We are coming up on that threshold. Keep it locked here on Sports Grid, though. Okay, I was watching uh, FST uh, yesterday, and Craig Mish made a great point that, like, if and when the Cardinals do come back, Get them all in your fantasy lot rosters, okay? Because they will just have more volume than any other team. They'll have more games played. You're going to get more runs, more ribbies, you know, from that point on with Cardinals than literally with any other team. But let's look at this NL Central, the home of the Cardinals, Kev, because honestly, the Chicago Cubs are running away and hiding right now. They stand 10 games over 500 you heard in the update you darvish with a very strong outing yesterday goes seven no hit innings strikes out 11 and the cubs went 4-2 against the milwaukee brewers putting more distance between them and the rest of this division we talked about the central coming into this season kev thinking it may be kind of a punching bag for the good teams in the division right so the cubs stand with the best record in all of baseball. They continue on against Milwaukee who at 3 games under 500 are still in the race for one of those 7 or 8 wild card spots. And I look today, I'm trying to find the matchup today. We have Tyler Chatwood and Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff is the Brewers ace and that might be why we have a kind of toss-up line -102 from Milwaukee, -112 a little bit bigger favorite for Chatwood and the Cubs. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting spot
2: here. Where are we now seeing the Cubs as a team that's going to be very difficult to find as dogs? Uh, you know, Woodruff first shot would typically, I think, would be the type of pitching edge that you would think the Brewers would be able to get to this spot. But the Cubs on the year, eight and one at Wrigley, that certainly stands out here. So this is one of those lines where you're trying to figure out: is there a, a quote-unquote trap? Right? Should I be looking at this and say? minus one two on Woodruff that doesn't make any sense mm. right that's value or am I looking at Cobble on minus 112 at Wrigley no way that's value or maybe this is just a fairly priced line I have to admit I don't think we know fully I am thrown off though by the lack of information that we have in terms of these lines no run line nor a total we've always talked about this it's a good indicator that they don't really right. know all of the information that they typically would like to know So maybe some guys will be out of the lineup tonight. I think there's a lot to look at for this game, but I don't think there's any world where you can be betting it right now.
1: Okay, fair enough. We will wait and see. That's what we do here on the early line. Try and get the reads, try to get the information to you so you can make the best decision also in this division. All right, you got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. They play again. Pittsburgh, you know, off the layoff, right? They got it done 9-6 last time out. Frazier with a bomb. I want to, at this game, what I'm intrigued by, honestly, and this is coming from the vantage point of a Yankee fan, right, Kev? You know, Sonny Gray is on the mound here for these Cincinnati Reds, and he has been impressive. He has been impressive with Cincinnati. He's on the hill for the Reds tonight. They are minus 194 favorites against Cool and the Pirates. I'm also looking for a Sonny Gray strikeout prop if we can find it. I know this is something that our friend Gabe Morancy is on a lot, but Gray has looked impressive, and he is striking out batters. If I can get his strikeout prop at something like 6 or 7 in that universe, I'm going over, Kev. What do you think about this game, Reds-Pirates? Yeah, I think for me, though, a flat 8 at uh-
2: uh, what is it you call the Great American Small Park? Right? The Great like, American I, I, Small Park. That's I, I mean, I think that's the way to play this game here, right? Like you Sonny Gray can be fantastic, and the Reds can go out there and put up nine on their own on the heels of a nine-six game. Maybe again, might be walking right into a trap, and this is a 3-1 Reds victory. But I'm gonna I'm willing to roll the dice that this game can get over eight. Also, I think we're looking at one of those spots because it's not uniform, right? in terms of laying a run and a half at this juice brings you to this number. And there's two games right next to one another that show this. Minus 194 on the Reds, you lay the run and a half, plus 108. Right below them, the Twins are minus 174. You lay the run and a half, plus 108. 20 cents Ah, difference. Same exact price when you're laying that run and a half there. So you might argue that you are getting value on the Reds, laying a run and a half, because it should be maybe closer to minus minus. 118,
1: kind of just based on the numbers we have here. You know, and that's interesting as I continue to shop, right? On the money line today, we've talked about both these games. The Twins are minus 174 on the money line. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Indians are minus 174 on the money line, also. The same exact yeah. money line. Both of them, though, you get different prices when you do the run line. For example, right. you know, there's Indians on the run line, they go to your standard minus 110. Yet somehow the Twins, if you do the run line, You get it at plus money, okay? So there is no kind of uh, standard formula here. You have to think about it. And also, Kevin, I just want to make the one reminder to everybody, okay? Again, these numbers, not what the books think will happen, what they are doing to balance out the money they have received, okay? So, Kev, part of it could just be like there's a bigger handle on one of these games, right? There just happens to be more bets. Um, And that is what's moving the number here as well for some of these run line bets.
2: For sure. But also it's, you know, we're, we're very early
1: in the morning, right?
2: I don't know how massive a handle there might be on some of these games and, you know, to a degree, they have to kind of post what they, what their numbers will at least tell them will happen. And there are spots where you can kind of identify this. For example, the Mets laying a run and a half with the Grom on the mound. You will see, Oh wow, that's a massive move. That's because you know, There's no expectation of run support there with DeGrom. He can easily only win the game by the one run. So they are, to a degree, telling you, for whatever reason, that it is more likely that the Indians can win their game by two, three, four, whatever it might be, right, right, apparently, right. compared to Rizzi and the Twins or the Reds and Gray, which is off-putting to me because those two teams offensively have been much better than Cleveland.
1: You know, I think it's an interesting it's a different market, right? The ability to just win the game and kind of the factors and the uh, analysis that comes in for that versus having to win by the working margin of two and more of two or more that you're you're factoring in other things to make that analysis. You talk about the Mets and Phillies. It's interesting. The Phillies just got swept by the Baltimore Orioles of all teams and their presence. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom on the Hill when they see the Mets today. That's going on in the NL East. And Kev, when we come back, I am going to utter a phrase that I never thought I would say, you know, a third or more into the season. Keep it locked for what that is when we come back right here on the early line. Mm-hmm. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Dane Martinez and, of course, my man, Kevin Walsh, as we put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, I told you before the break that I was about to say a sentence I never thought that I would say, especially if you consider we are a third of the way through the baseball season. You ready for the sentence, Kev? Are you ready? I think you should be. Mm, you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm so I'm ready. Let's do right. it. Okay. This weekend, the Marlins play in a series to help decide first place in the NL West, a battle for first place between the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves this weekend. You laugh, Kev, but it is absolutely true, right? The Braves are two games over. The Marlins are four games over. Mets in third, they're under 500. These are two teams that are keeping their head above water playing well and are, you know, with a third of the season done, albeit I guess with an asterisk, the Marlins haven't played a third of their season. We don't know how they're going to get to a third of their season. But these are the two teams that are literally slugging it out here for the top of the NL East. When I look today, you've got it also minus 108 on both sides, right? Versus Lopez. What do you think, Kev? I hate this game. This game is the worst game. This (laughs) game is not fun. (laughs)
2: This is terrifying. Now, unless we believe that, you know, Pablo Lopez is legit. Like the pitching matchup does favor Miami. They're home. But in what world would you have thought that you'd be able to get the Atlanta Braves at a pick'em? A pick'em going up against the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. That is that is now there is something to note though when it comes to this brave squad. They've been struggling on the road. They've lost three in a row right now. And Acuna continues to be day-to-day. Ozzy Albies is on the 10-day IL. So I think those are all important things. Uh, You know, when will we see Albies back? When will we see Acuna back in the lineup? And that certainly, you know, it, it dings up the strength of this team, especially when they're out there throwing Kyle Wright, who's not inspired any confidence in his starts. Thus far. Mm-hmm. So I looked at this game and, you know, on the surface, you might look at it and, and say, what? Oh, this is simple. No problem here. You, you take the Atlanta Braves to pick them against a team that that's just should not be considered on their level.
0: Eh,
2: I don't know. I, I might be a little bit more cautious. Maybe there's there, there are runs in this game, though. Eight and a half, maybe mm. a little bit low.
1: All right. No, I think it's a good point you make with Albies and Acuna. Banged up for the Braves, right? That severely dampens their offensive firepower. You talked about the total, though, Kev. I see another game. Listen, we talk about the totals 12 and a half. How's that for a total? Well, that's the total you will find, Kev, in Colorado with the Texas Rangers coming to town. You know, I heard, I forget where it was, but you know, the idea of the difference of opening day really being in the summer. Maybe the Colorado Rockies are the biggest beneficiary of this, right? Because they're not playing games in Colorado in April when it's still, you know, 40 degrees outside, the potential of the snow delay of all these things, right? Then you get the thin air, you get the summertime, and boy, as runs being scored at Coors Field, you know about Charlie Blackman, who's still at like 470-something. And you know what I saw? Yes, I don't know if you saw this, okay? Earlier this week, this is where Charlie Blackman is at. Nolan Arenado had already hit two home runs in a game. And then later in the game, they decided to walk Charlie Blackman intentionally to get to Nolan Arenado, who had already hit two home runs and is, by most people accounts, the best third baseman on the planet. That's how hot Charlie Blackman is right now. I know you like DJ e. LeMayu and Solano and others, but what do you think about this game Twelve and a half and a half is the total. The Rockies are at home, yet they are plus 116 dogs to Lance Lynn and the Texas Rangers. Yeah, Lance Lynn's been
2: great, okay? And yeah. that is why this number looks the way it does. Now, for me, I'd be lying, though, to say that I care about anything other than a nice 12-and-a-half. Because 12-and-a-half, like, that, that's fantastic, right? You've now got my attention. The Rockies... Which way are you going to go, though?
1: Which way are you going to go,
2: though? There's only one option, Dane. There's only one option. <sighs> you see 12 and a half. You play it over. Because it's, it's a foolish move. But I don't care. Look, the oh, Rockies, three games set against the D-backs. 20 runs, 15 runs, 20 runs. So it still sailed over. Plus, the Rangers on the road this year. 5-1 and one to the over. Interestingly enough. We've talked about the Globe, how it's played under. On the road, though, those games have played over i understand the pitching matchup here okay lance lynn's been great uh and castellani actually didn't give up a a run in the four innings that he's pitched on the year but uh, look
1: i'll play over 12 and a half it sounds like a good time it does sound like a good time this game is at night not during the day which does sometimes stunt a little bit of that ball flight in cores but i hear you Listen, runs will be scored in that one. Keep an eye out, of course, our Charlie Blackman tracker. We'll see where he stands on Monday when we do our next episode of <clears throat> the early line. You got an AL West team and an NOS team playing in that one, Texas, Colorado. You have another example of that in a battle of Los Angeles when the Dodgers and Angels get it going this weekend. Clayton Kershaw back on the mound. For the Dodgers, they are big, minus one seventy minus 174 favorites. And for the Dodgers last night, Mookie Betts hit three home runs. The potential MVP candidate, well, there's a real MVP candidate on the other side with the Angels also, Mike Trout, the proud new papa. He has eight home runs this season, Kev, in only 15 games to stand only one behind Aaron Judge the league lead um what do you see in this one kershaw on the hill for the Dodgers. yeah this
2: is an exciting game i actually always love when these two teams play Uh, i think it's it's just aesthetically i think it's a fun matchup uh they there is a a level of gravitas there and and i like kershaw versus trout it's one of those things that just feels right to me right like trout just continue to be the best player in baseball but obviously there was a point where Kershaw and what he was doing on the mound so that, that'll always be a fun matchup for me mm-hmm. I, I might look at this total though here of nine runs you know the Dodgers offensively maybe woke up a little bit these past two games six runs and then of course uh, the, the big 11 spot here the Angels offensively have started uh, to look much better on this season so I think yeah. over nine runs might be a nice way to play this game
1: All right, Kevin, it looks like you're intrigued by a lot of totals today. So I want to ask you about another one in a big time ballpark in the Bay. It seems like these geographic rivals are getting it going here in the AL West versus the NL West. We see that with L.A. versus L.A. We see it again with the Oakland A's going to San Francisco. It is a short trip to take on the Giants. The total is lower in this one. Only eight and a half, Frankie Montas on the hill for the A's. The Giants answer back as a plus 168 dog at home with Johnny Cueto. I want to ask you because, listen, it's a low total. Montas on the hill, they are big favorites. But every time I bring up Charlie Blackman, you remind me that I should not have Donovan Solano kind of not be uh, exalted as well. He is entering this weekend series, Kev hitting four fifty eight, you think he keeps it going and stays above five hundred with Frankie Montas on the hill on the other side? Look, we're going to do the Donovan Solano thing, though. Let, let's
2: let's really talk about what is one of the more ridiculous seasons. Okay, he's got 15 RBIs this year in 16 yeah. games. He had 23 last year in 81 games. He has a couple, <laughs> seasons, like, has a couple seasons where he's played 100 games, and he... Didn't even crack 35 RBS. Like, he's going to have career highs in in a 60 game season. Like, that totally rules. Love Donovan Solano for that. I think that that's amazing. If we are going to continue to talk about totals, six home games thus far for the Giants, five of them have managed to go over. I will say this, though, I somewhat feel bad for Cueto. Like, he continually is is priced at such a big dog. And it's not because he's bad, but he's always going up against the other team's Because he's the, right? ace. Like that, he's the so ace of no, that spot, right? So it's just ace day, and he, he draws the short straw pretty much. Yeah, no, like, it's easy to figure out why. But it, it's like, yeah. you look at Montas Quaid, like, oh, it's not bad. Minus 200 for Montas on the road. But, like, you you do get it. I think this is another spot here where maybe you want to lay the run in a half to try and mitigate some of that juice. Maybe a parlay partner uh, here as well. Uh, But I'll probably look to back the A's in this spot somehow.
1: All right. You know what Johnny Cueto needs, right, to throw that rotation off so he doesn't have to face the A's? He needs the St. Louis Cardinals on their schedule. That'll change up the spot in the rotation if you want to know the truth. Okay, one other game in the uh, NL West that I want to mention real quick before we go to break, and it is my dad's, okay, the San Diego Fathers go to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Now, the Padres, they've lost their last two. Okay, Kev, but they are still the only like third place team in the National League with an above 500 record. Right. So they are, to be quite honest right now, comfortably still in that playoff spot in what I guess would be the seventh spot of the National League playoffs. But they send out the Nelson Lament. Lament had a no, no through like seven his last time out. And to be quite honest, everybody is beaten up. On the Arizona Diamondbacks, do you think the Fathers continue the trend in this weekend series? Lamette on one side makes the Padres a minus-128 favorite tonight.
2: Well, look, I'll give the Diamondbacks credit, though. They, they were able to take two or three off Colorado in Colorado. Uh, you know, sure. kind of the issue for the D-backs has been the Padres beating up on them to start this season. They took two or three recently, three or four, to start the year here.
1: I don't know, you know what? I am not
2: mad at, at taking a shot here on the D backs at plus one ten. Try and start to take some of these wins back from the Padres that uh, I'm sure they feel like have been a little bit too easy for them. They again, so that's you know, three of three of four and, and two of one. Yeah. So you guys, you know, you do the math there. It's it's obviously a big uh difference maker as to who currently sits, you know, third or second in this division, where the D backs are look, trying to, you know, look up and catch them.
1: No, absolutely, it is true. Remember, Lamette, though, was very good last time out, so we'll see if he keeps it going. Kev in the AL East, they're also playing against each other. We don't have lines for these games just yet, but here in Yankee Stadium, the Red Sox will come to town. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, of course, anytime we're talking about Charlie Blackman, if we're going to give the love to Solano, DJ LeMahieu enters this one. Hitting 431 and also Garrett Cole is going to be on the hill for the Yankees he's been good and these Red Sox have not so I don't know what the line is necessarily when that comes out, you got to think it's going to be a, uh, a tough draw for the Bo sox today.
2: Yeah I mean look they might be plus, uh, plus they definitely will be plus 200 here. Uh, the thing is it really all started to fall apart in that last year's swept at Fenway. Giving up eight runs, eight runs, nine runs, 17 runs. It all started to fall apart in that last year. And now you go to Yankee Stadium, Yanks 6-1 and one on the year. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it that the Yankees are going to be massive favorites. But look, they might be favored to the point where people try and go the other way. I'll be interested to see what they do with this total as well, because even with Garrett Cole on the mound, I feel
1: like this number might be in the double digits. Yeah, well, Kev, if you really want to talk about a total, let's talk about this next one, okay? Because Tampa Bay is coming off an outburst of 17 runs in their last game. They play Toronto, but in Buffalo, if you remember, Kev, and this field, solid field, has seemed to be kind of a small one. Balls flying out, kind of overs anyway, and now Tampa coming off of 17 runs. I'll look over when this photo comes out, no? Well, not only that, though. How about this? An unbeaten trend right now in baseball. The yes bet for will there be
2: extra innings in games in Buffalo so far, too. In Buffalo?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We will keep our eye out on that. Listen, that's most of the Major League Baseball slate. We turn our attention to basketball and pay if pay-per-view pay USC in our number two. Keep it locked right here on the early line Welcome back in everybody to the early line. Dane Martinez and of course my main man by my side, Kevin Walsh. Kev, you know, we were talking about soccer. We talked about Bundesliga, European soccer, the MLS is back tournament. And listen, it's all about the Champions League, Kev. That is the best soccer played on planet Earth. When these champions of other other leagues come together, that was on pause as well. You know, it kind of picked back up at the quarterfinals earlier this week. We talked about it already: PSG over Atalanta two to one yesterday. RB Leipzig got a two one win over Atletico. But to me, Kev, the crown jewel of this round, the quarterfinals, right? And the semifinals are going to be next week. Okay, by next week we will be down to four in the Champions League. But this is prime time. This is the top of the marquee. Even if you are a casual soccer fan on this planet, you will know these two teams that are getting it going today at 3 p.m. Eastern, only one of them will make the Champions League semis. Kev, it is Bayern Munich as a favorite against Barcelona. Everybody knows these teams. Whenever, Kev, are you going to see Barca as a plus 240 underdog Well, that's what you see today. Barca 240, the draw 290, plus 290, and Bayern pretty much at even money to make it into the semifinals of Champions League. Yeah, this should be a good
2: one here. Uh, Obviously, you you look at Barcelona somewhat, maybe a a disappointing season, the way they let the league pass them by. A lot of people feel like the reason we hear more and more messy rumors is they don't have the help around him that he is accustomed to. And that's why this team sits here At plus 250, Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of people in the know that think this is uh, Bayern's Champions League to lose, you know, that potential next round matchup with Manchester City will dictate a lot of
1: that, Uh, but a very, very fun matchup here today. Yeah, absolutely. This round will finish tomorrow with, as you mentioned, Man City has a big favorite against François de Lyon. Already one of the semis is set. Remember, PSG versus RB Leipzig, the winners of today and tomorrow will be in that other semifinal. When we come back, our number two of the early line, we turn our attention to the NBA and wherever Damian Lillard is shooting from. And we do that after this